The following is a President's Chapel given by Dr. W. Robert Godfrey. For more information about this lecture or about Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online at wscal.edu or call 888-480-8474, wscal.edu, 888-480-8474. Please turn with me in the Word of God to Psalm 105. Dr. Kim, putting together the chapel schedule this semester, asked if I might be willing to lead a series of chapels on Tuesdays, and I said I would be glad to do that. And uh, at the time he asked me, I was studying Psalm 105, so I thought we'd look together uh, over several sessions together uh, to Psalm 105, which uh, is a particularly, I think, interesting and helpful uh, psalm to us. All of the Psalms, I think, are given to us to help us praise God and to draw near to Him. And uh, they uh, are always a blessing as we read them, but I believe that they become more of a blessing as we meditate on them. The psalmists themselves call us to meditate on the Word of God. And uh, meditation is a matter of coming back again and again, uh, allowing the words and the thoughts to revolve in our minds and to fill our hearts. And so that's what we hope to do as we look together and both in singing and in reading and in uh, exposition of uh, Psalm 105. So let me read uh, with you this morning the first six verses of uh, Psalm 105. Uh, this is God's own word. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous words that he has done, the miracles and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of Abraham, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. So far, the reading of God's word. Uh, one of our reactions, particularly as uh, jaded folk in a seminary, uh, to these open, opening words of Psalm 105 is uh, perhaps, yeah, 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 we know that. Um, there is nothing, as far as I know, although uh, some of the Old Testament folk may correct me, there's nothing clever or tricky exegetically to be done with these opening verses. Uh, they are straightforward. They are familiar themes. Give thanks to God. Sing praise to God. Glory in God. Rejoice in God. Seek God. Uh, these are matters that we might be tempted to say, not, not you of course, but those who are not here in chapel today, might be tempted to say, uh, we know that. We don't need to pause and concentrate on that. Uh, yeah, 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 familiar stuff. But of course, what the Word of God does call to us is to not let the Word of God ever become too familiar. Familiar in a bad way. Familiar in a presumptuous way. And so it is good to pause, to slow down, to, to reflect and to ask, in these very familiar words and themes, what, what is happening um, in the mind of the author 
And how should it affect us? How should it impact us? What should it do to us to enable us to draw nearer to God? And uh, when we do pause, we, we may know, those of you who got an A on the English Bible exam, um, you may have recognized that these familiar words are repeated words. Uh, these are not original words uh, in Psalm 105, but uh, they are, at least the first part of Psalm 05 is a repetition of the words of David. Um, at that foundational, crucial moment when when David, in a sense, gave to Israel a, a model psalm of praise when the ark was being established in Jerusalem, recorded for us back in 1 Chronicles 16 at verse 8. And very interestingly, Psalm 105 takes up the first part of David's praise uh, to praise God again and to elaborate on that praise. So, these are familiar words, not only in the sense that the themes are familiar, but these are familiar words in the sense that these are words that, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, David gave to Israel to direct its praise at one of the most important historical moments in Israel's history. When Israel is celebrating the fulfillment of God's promise, not only of a land, but of a city, uh, where the temple would be built, where God would be worshipped, and where there would be a wonderful culmination of the promises made to the patriarchs. And so if for no other reason it's well worth pausing over this psalm as a kind of model in its beginning of what psalmody is all about. But it's also worth pausing over this psalm because here in this psalm, uh, we see how the Psalms can be used for a variety of purposes in a variety of settings. Because here, the psalmist has returned to the Psalm of David, not in the days of Israel's victory and celebration, as this Psalm had originally been inspired, but in days of defeat and loss and suffering and reflecting on where is God in times of loss. Uh, Psalm 105 is one of the culminating psalms of book four of the Psalter, which is still reflecting and meditating on where is God in the days when Jerusalem has fallen, when the temple has been destroyed? Uh, what is God doing among his people? And how do we give thanks even in dark days? It's always easier to give thanks in good days, in happy days, in triumphant days. And this psalm then, in its opening, is calling for us to think about how singing to God, praising God, draws us near to God, whether it's in good times or in difficult times. And these opening verses of Psalm 105 really are a kind of model for us in thinking about praise. And the first thing that has struck me over the years in thinking about Psalms is that their praise is a little peculiar. Um, in our time, when people write a praise song, it's almost always a song that is directed at God. We praise you, we thank you, we acknowledge you, we want to draw close to you. And of course, those kinds of praise are to be found in the Psalter. 
But it's not the only kind of praise to be found in the Psalter. There's the slightly surprising fact, as in this song of praise, oh, give thanks not to you, but to the Lord. Call upon not your name, but his name. And what's going on here is that the Psalms remind us again and again in a variety of ways that praise is always best a communal activity. Uh, this psalm reminds us that we, when we are praising God, are engaged in properly in a community of prayer. And therefore, this psalm in its opening reminds us that praise is upward to God, but it's also outward to others, and it's inward to our own heart and self. And the community of praise is a blessing to us as we remember, all of these things operate together. And so the, the elements of praise, the, the character of praise as, as it's developed uh, here in this psalm uh, is remarkable in that it, it points us in these different directions. It, it points us up to God, uh, first of all in praise, Give thanks to God, praise God, rejoice in God, sing to God, glory in God. Uh, these are all aspects of how we relate to God in the community of praise, the character of our praise uh, that we give to him. And uh, just as the psalmist pauses to find a variety of words to express that praise, he's modeling for us uh, that our praise mustn't be vainly repetitious, but must be thoughtful and reflective because there are slight differences, aren't there? When we direct our, our hearts and our minds to God between thanks and praise and rejoicing and glorying, uh, they all call us to slightly different reflections on who God is and what he has, has done for us. And also we're reminded here that when our praise is lifted to God, it is appropriate that also in that praise there are petitions directed to God. Call on his name. Uh, that's an invitation, I think, to, to lay out before him uh, the concerns of our hearts. Maybe not as the first thing. That's, I think, often a, a problem with our praying, that we plunge into our petitions. And um, the model psalm here is causing us, to, calling on us to, to pause, first of all, to think about who this God is uh, that we're addressing, to thank him. Uh, before we begin to ask him, we need to thank him for what he has done and to rejoice in what he has done. And then interestingly, as, as the psalmist thinks about how this community of praise affects others with us as we join in praise, uh, the psalm tells others, tells us to make known to others, to tell to others what? God's deeds, his wondrous works. Um, the community of praise is reflecting on what God has done for his people. Uh, we give thanks for what he's already done. We praise him for what he's done. We glory in the accomplishments of his saving work among us. And so we're, we're calling our brothers and sisters in Christ 
Um, now, at the danger of being too re relevant, it may even have an evangelistic element here to, to make God known. Isn't that one of the wonderful things we find in 1 Corinthians 14, that when we're praising God, when we're in the presence of God, when we're in fellowship with God as a community of praise, those who are visiting are going to be struck by that as they hear us talk about the wondrous deeds of God. Um, so there's this call not just to thank God by looking to him, but also to encourage the community to reflect on who he is and what he's done. And particularly, of course, what he's done for us in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Here's the culmination of what all the Old Testament wondrous works pointed to and were fulfilled in. And so we praise God. We call upon his name. We make known and tell what he has done uh, to others. And then we, we sort of shake ourselves a little bit. You remember Martin Luther's great line, if you don't feel like praying, Say to yourself, get down on your knees, you bum. Uh, so there are times when you have to address yourself, uh, not just uh, God and others. And here, in particular, the psalmist tells us that in addressing ourselves, we're to remember. Uh, one of the great uh, temptations of God's people, isn't it, is that we forget. In present distress, we forget all that God has done. And the great temptation is to approach God saying, why aren't you doing more? And here we're called upon to, to remember. In my praising, I need to remember what God has done for me, but perhaps more importantly, what God has done for his people through the centuries. Our God is a faithful God. Uh, our God is a planning God. Our God knows what he's doing. His wondrous deeds are never random. They're for a purpose, to accomplish his, his saving purpose. And then in the midst of this, there's a kind of center of praise, as we're called to seek the Lord, uh, to seek his strength. That's interesting. We're to seek his strength. Why are we to seek his strength? Well, because we're so weak. It reminds us of our dependence upon God. We need to seek him in his strength to help us where we are helpless. And we're to seek his presence. That's, that's interesting when we meditate on it, isn't it? We're to seek his presence. What does that mean? Well, we learn in theology class, don't we, that God is omnipresent. He's always present. So surely the advice to seek him is vain, right? Well, while it is theologically true that God is never absent, but always present, the problem is we're not always aware of his presence. And the seeking of his presence is not that God is hiding from us, but that we have to use our minds and our hearts to be aware of what he's done, what he's doing, how he's present, present by his spirit, present in his word. We need to remember the judgments he has uttered, the truth he has told, and in that way, we'll experience his presence. It, it's, it's a little intriguing that in quoting from David's original psalm in 1 Chronicles 16, the only fairly significant change that is made is that when David praised God in 
verse, what we have is verse six of Psalm 105. David said, O offspring of Israel, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. And the psalmist here in Psalm 105 has changed that from Israel to Abraham. And I think he's changed it because of the crisis they're in. The great days of Israel seem in defeat. But that doesn't mean that the covenant with Abraham doesn't stand. And so the psalmist says, well, if you look back to David's day and worry that the promises to David are failing, look a little further back at the wondrous deeds of God. And remember Abraham. And remember that God never leaves us or forsakes us. That God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in time of trouble. And that God will always remember us. So seek him. Seek him in the face of Jesus, the great revealer of God, the great son of God, the great savior from God. And in seeking him, he'll bless us. So this is the beginning of Psalm 105, and as we go through Psalm 105 along the way, it divides rather nicely into eight sections, and I've been asked to speak eight times in chapel, so uh, there seems some uh, providential confirmation there. Um, and uh, we'll look at the ways in which this psalm continues to help us draw near to God. Let us pray together. Father, as we begin a new semester, may your word be uh, our great study, but not only our study, but our com comfort and our help as we long to seek you, to understand you, and to make you known. So be with us and bless us and encourage us in this semester, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Copyright 2017, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and that you do not charge.